0: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Business Line podcast. My name is TR Vivek. I have with me Raghuveed Srinivasan, the editor of Business Line. How are you, Raghuveed? Hi, Vivek. I'm well, Thanks. I hope readers, you've caught today's business line. We've had a special interview with Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman, and Raghu did the interview along with two colleagues, Aarti Krishnan and Vardhini. In fact, Raghu has met Nirmala Sitaraman twice in a week now. Oh, that's right? right.
1: I met her in Delhi last week and interviewed her on over the weekend here in Chennai. Yes, so
0: Raghu was in Delhi for a posh dinner with the Finance Minister with all the media big wigs. Raghu, what are your impressions of Nirmala Sitharaman as a Finance Minister now? Now, what, she's presented about three, four budgets now?
1: Yeah, I think this was her third budget, if I'm right. Well, the one straight impression that I can give you is that she's not very comfortable in her skin as finance minister. The body language is very confident. There is no hesitation in the way she reaches out when you ask her a question, in the way she replies. She appears a woman who is completely at peace with herself and in command of the subject. Not that she wasn't in command earlier, but there's a newfound confidence. As they say, nothing succeeds like success, right? And the way the economy has picked up in the last three, four months, and she handled the finances during the COVID pandemic. I think all that has given her extreme confidence and that is very evident in the way she carries herself. For instance, I met her in the dinner she held for journalists in Delhi last week. The way she was working the journalists there was really remarkable. She was cracking jokes with them, answering everything they threw at her as question and these were senior editors, mind you, not just reporters or cub reporters. She handled them all with supreme confidence and she spent quite a lot of time, almost three hours at the dinner and it was getting late into the evening, and then one of the secretaries had to remind her it's uh, 9 45, madam. And then she got up and she said, Oh, it's so late. Okay, I got to get going now. So she was completely at ease with herself and conducting herself in a very confident manner. That was the most striking observation that I had.
0: That seems to be a remarkable turnaround from, say, a year ago, when especially after the previous budget, the long drawn out one, <laughs> it seemed like she was playing an endless test match, not even a five day game. There was a lot of diffidence in the way she spoke. Her presentation came in for a lot of ridicule and criticism. Do you just ascribe that to just the success of the economy? What else do you think? might have changed.
1: A couple of things, Vivek. One is, of course, the way the economy has spanned out in the last six, eight, nine months. It's really grown beyond the expectations of people. The naysayers have been called out. That's one aspect, certainly. But I think the more critical part is there's been a complete shift in the way this government is going about things. It does not hesitate to play aggressive shots as you would in a cricket field and the mask is off so to say. This government is very clear it is a right government and it will not follow left of centre policies or even centrist policies when it comes to the economy so as the Prime Minister spoke in the Parliament the other day in defence of wealth creators that was a remarkable speech and one I think which is a watershed for this country because here you have a government which is unafraid to show off its pro-business linkages even in the face of critical comments from the opposition leaders such as Mr Rahul Gandhi, who used to say, you know, ki Sarkar. sarkar yeah. Yeah. And now it is Hamdo Hamaredo in a veiled well reference to the Ambani's and the Danis. But the fact is that this government is now very clear about his philosophy hmm. and its approach to the economy. And that is also manifested in the budget, if you see. I don't think any finance minister would have had the guts to go out and say, yes, my fiscal deficit is 9.5%, 9.6%. And next year it will be another 65 6.8%. 6 and still hold the head high and be confident. But
0: Rabbi, that's also because, you know, she alludes to it in the interview itself that in this period, nobody is going to hold a gun to her head on the fiscal deficit numbers. So that's a cushion that any finance minister would have.
1: True. I mean, that's certainly something to be acknowledged uh, that the times are such that you can't go for a 3% fiscal deficit and still run the economy. But even then, uh, for this government, which has been fiscally very conservative, it's been very tight-fisted with a Gujarati at the helm. I guess that's how it will be. The finances are done in a very tight manner, but to go away from the fiscal deficit glide path, not just for these two years, she has now pushed it back effectively to 2025. And she's not hesitating to say that it will not be 3% even in 2025. It'll be four and a half percent. So the 3% norm is thrown out of the window, right? And as the expenditure secretary told me in an interview just a couple of weeks ago, what is so sacrosanct about the 3% limit? So the thing is that on the economy, All the acknowledged wisdom, what we thought is basic handed down wisdom, is being questioned. And now she is confident because the numbers are beginning to be in her favor as well. So she can go out onto the front foot, so to say, and play her shots even on a pitch. That is not really batsman friendly. Yeah, it's more like a Chepok Turner. But she's playing it as well as an Ashwin played on the Chepok pitch. So I think she's settled down in the job over the last two years, number one. She's got an excellent A-team of secretaries. And with the likes of Mr. TV Somanathan, Mr. Tarun Bajaj... Mr. Ajay Bhushan Pandey, Mr. Tuhin and all those uh, people. I guess she's got a team that backs her up very well and she's got the Prime Minister's confidence. She may have been chosen by the Prime Minister, but I'm sure you would have been tentative considering that you've never been a Finance Minister before. That's something I wanted to touch upon,
0: Raghu. There's Nimbala 2.0, if we can... All this. This renewed confidence also strikes me as sort of growth in her stature as a politician, not just as a finance minister who has handpicked a Sabha member, but her (laughs) political role also seems to be increasing. You know, if you look at the Tamil Nadu politics, for instance, and, and the greater role that she's being asked to play here, I feel that she carries greater
1: political heft. Would that be your reading as well? I don't know if she carries greater political heft. But relatively speaking. But I can certainly say that she is coming into her own as a politician. Remember, she she's relatively new in politics, only 15, 16 years old in politics. And she's not a mass leader, a leader with a mass base, so to say. And she's come through the Rajya Sabha. She's not contested in an election. So given all that, her responses to my questions, even when they were political, like for instance, when I asked her, is there a basic change in the approach to governance and philosophy? to the economy of this government. The way she went out and she said, yes, we are calling out Jugaad policies. We will no longer follow the socialistic approach of the past. Maybe she is taking cover under what the Prime Minister spoke in Parliament. But even then, for the Finance Minister to talk about such a sensitive political matter, political economic matter, for the Finance Minister to talk about it, is, I think, something to be seen as significant. And also, I guess that she really came into her own In the political economic sphere, during the GST imbroglio, which we saw in September, August, September, October, over the compensation cess issue, when she had to field at least three GST council meetings, which were very tough ones, and with chief ministers going for her jugular and saying, you're cheating us, the way she held on and the way she said, Take this or leave it. That's, I think, the turning point. She really realized how to handle politicians, how to handle fellow politicians, so to say. And this budget, I think, is one more landmark for her as a politician as well. And the way she spoke in parliament the other day, you know, people like to call her as feisty. And she was not just feisty, but she was quite combative in parliament that day.
0: That's a change that is quite noticeable. She's been the party spokesperson, of course, in the past. But the big note to her criticism of Rahul
1: Gandhi, Especially in the wake of the budget, and the hamdu Hamaredo hamare
0: do it is quite pointed and sharp.
1: Yeah, the way she called him the doomsday man yeah. of India, I think all this shows are coming of age as a politician as well. That's the point I'm trying to make. An earlier version of Ms. Nirmala Sitharaman would have possibly, you know, taken on whatever Mr. Rahul Gandhi said in a much more tamer fashion. Or she may not even reply to that because she's not required to reply to that. She's only giving a reply to the demand for grants and for other things in Parliament. It's a clearly a budget speech that she was making a follow-up to the budget speech. But she went off. She, once the follow-up to the budget speech ended, she just took off against Rahul Gandhi's Hamdo Hamarido Jai, At the way he spoke about farmers without alluding to what was happening in the budget. So these all show the supreme confidence of a lady who's arrived as a politician, is what I feel. I mean, it may be a little early to judge whether she has a mass base. She may choose not to contest an election, but she's certainly beginning to be get noticed as a politician in her own right. I mean, maybe not to the same level as Fiestia and combat to Smriti Irani. But Ms. Sita Raman is her own version of a combative politician.
0: It was interesting, in your interview today, read the bit about she was feeling nervous. At the end of the interview, she talks about how she took the blessings of her uncle in the parliament gallery (coughs) before presenting the budget. And she was feeling the heebie-jeebies. So despite all the confidence that we see, making the budget speech is still such a momentous event that it makes people nervous.
1: I guess she answered that in reference to my question. There was a lot of media play-up in the run-up to the budget saying, this once in a once-in-a-hundred-year budget. So I asked her, did you feel nervous while doing the budget, while drawing up the budget, because you're going to be, the expectations are very high, and whatever you do can go completely alright. So she said, she was very frank in her response, she said, I had only what I had. I mean, I had to frame the budget with what I had. I can't go by what the external uh, expectations are. But yes, I did feel a little bit nervous in that half an hour. Between the time the Cabinet cleared the budget at 10.30am, and between that and 11am, when I had to rise up in Parliament to deliver the speech, that half an hour was tough is what she told me and she said her uncle who she considers as her father was seated in the guest room in parliament there's no visitor's gallery because of the covid restrictions he was seated in the guest room so she walked in and she said please bless me I mean pray for me and bless me so her uncle was shocked and she said you drew up the budget why should you be nervous she said no please pray for me I'm feeling queasy in my stomach. And she said that half an hour was the most difficult, but once I got up to deliver the speech, it was all gone. I mean, at the end of the day, it shows that you may be the finance minister, may be a very powerful person, but in the end of the day, you're another human being too. Yes, yes. Right? Everyone has to fight their own battles. Battles, yes. The Guru Kshetra. Absolutely. And like
0: Arjuna, you feel the bow slipping out of your hand, even if you're the best talent. Correct. Thanks, Raghu. That was quite an interesting chat. Thanks, Vivek. Uh, that's it for this time. See you again soon with another episode of Business Line Podcast.